podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Dream Team Professor podcast. The international break is over. Dream Team, the Premier League and even European football are back this week. And in this episode, we're going to be looking at all of the top players to target game week five on Sun Dream Team. So we're going to start off with the fixture ticker from ffstuff.co.uk and like I said, this is the start of double game week madness. So we actually have European teams playing three double game weeks in a row. So six games in total in the space of three weeks. Uh, Manchester City, Man United, Arsenal, Liverpool, Newcastle, Aston Villa, Brighton and West Ham. And then also on the fixture ticker, I've added Chelsea to the mix, who have four fixtures in this period of time. So four versus the six. You've got Tottenham, who played just the three times. And I've added Brentford in here with four fixtures as well. Um, these double game weeks are made up of two European fixtures and then the Carabao Cup fixtures, which is why Spurs just play the three, because they were eliminated um, in the last round. So out of all of these teams... I think personally that City, Arsenal, Liverpool and Villa probably have the best out of double game week five. Um, City play West Ham away from home and then Red Star Belgrade. Arsenal have Everton away from home followed by PSV at home. Liverpool face Wolves and then I think it's LASK. Um, I'm not familiar with them. I think they're Austrian. Um but anyway, they face them in the uh, Europa League. And then Villa face Crystal Palace at home and Legia Warsaw away from home. So I think these teams probably have the best of double game week five. United, Newcastle, Brighton and West Ham. I think it looks a bit tougher for those guys. Uh, Man United have got Brighton at home, which is a tough fixture. And then they face Bayern away from home as well in the Champions League. So... Two really tough games there for Man United and they've got quite a bit going going on off the pitch as well, it seems, with uh, Anthony and Sancho. So, yeah, we'll wait and see how that one goes for them. But I'm probably not specifically going to be targeting players from Man United this week. Um, Newcastle, this is more of an interesting one because their Premier League fixtures do turn really nice. This was somewhere um, a game week that I highlighted at the start of the season when I wanted to start considering Newcastle players. But obviously since the um, European draws were made, things look a lot tougher for them now. So they've got Brentford at home, followed by AC Milan away from home in the Champions League. They then have Sheffield United at home, uh, sorry, away from home, which looks like a good fixture, followed by Man City in the Carabao Cup. They then face Burnley at home and then Paris Saint-Germain on uh, at home in the Champions League. So every good fixture is followed by a tough one. So they're going to be a hard one to decide on. Um, Brighton, not a great week for them. Obviously Man United again, so Man United away from home and then AEK Athens at home in the, in the uh, Europa League. And then West Ham, I think they've got, well, a tough game um, with Manchester City at home and then... Uh, BAC, I'm not really sure who they are. Um, let's have a look. TSC Baka Topola. Um, so I can't say I know much about them, but it's at home. Probably a good fixture, but there might be quite a bit of rotation there for West Ham. Um, Spurs and Chelsea, who I mentioned. So Spurs just have the three fixtures in this um, period of time where the rest of the teams have three double game weeks. But actually in game week five, their fixture is pretty good. So they've got Sheffield United at home. 
uh, obviously off the back of a good result against Burnley as well. So Sheffield United at home does look like a good fixture and I wouldn't necessarily be in a rush to get my Spurs players out ahead of this at all. Um, and then Chelsea as well, four fixtures, but it's Bournemouth away from home this week. So again, Chelsea have been pretty popular so far this season. I know they had a bad result against Forest in the last game, but it's going to be a tough call whether to take your, your Jacksons, your Sterlings, your Chilwells out before this Bournemouth game. Longer term, looking all the way up to uh, game week seven, I think City, Arsenal, Liverpool and Villa, who I mentioned previously, they seem to have a fairly good run the whole way through. Obviously, I said Arsenal have got Everton, PSV. They do then have the North London derby. They have Brentford in the Carabao Cup. They then have a double game week in game week seven of Bournemouth and Lons as well. So that looks like quite a good double game week for Arsenal in game week seven. Cities is pretty good the whole way through. West Ham, Red Star, Belgrade, Nottingham Forest at home, Newcastle away in the Carabao Cup, Wolves and RB Leipzig. Um, Aston Villa. Aston Villa have got Crystal Palace, Ligia Walsall, Chelsea away, Everton at home, Brighton at home. I think that's Zurich at home in the... Uh, in the Europa League conference. So I think that looks like a good run for Aston Villa. And there's quite a few players that I'm going to mention in this episode. And then on to United quickly. Um, so while they do have a bad um, double game week this week, Brighton and Bayern, it does look fairly good after that. So Burnley away from home, Crystal Palace at home in the Carabao Cup, Crystal Palace at home again in the league, and then Galatasaray at home in the Champions League. So three home games in a row at the end. Um, well, from game week six to game week seven. So after this double game week's out of the way for Man United, I think we can still be considering Man United players and you probably would just stick with them even through this tough run of fixtures. Brighton, in terms of their fixtures, um, do get a bit tougher. Man United, AEK Athens. They then have a Bournemouth game at home, which looks like a good one on paper. Chelsea away in the Carabao Cup. Aston Villa away from home in the league and then Marseille away in Europe as well. So it does get a little bit tougher for Brighton. They've had a good start to the uh, the fixtures, but it gets a little bit tougher from here on. And then West Ham. West Ham's a tough one because it, their fixtures, are, it's a little bit like Newcastle. They've got good, bad, good, bad. And it's going to be hard to predict where the rotation is going to come. So Man City at home, um, that BAC team in Europe. Liverpool away from home. Then it's Lincoln in the Carabao Cup. Sheffield United at home and then Freiburg in the Europa League. So again, it's another one that Europa League game sandwiched by Manchester City and Liverpool. Um, Lincoln's OK in the Carabao Cup, but there'll be rotation. Sheffield United then looks good, but then they'll have that tough game in Europe as well. So it is going to be quite hard to predict, but it's not the worst run of fixtures once Man City and Liverpool are out of the way. Right, I always like to start off with that bit, but onto the bit that... We all want the most is the top players to target and I'm going to start off with Manchester City because they're the best team and they have the best fixtures most of the time. West Ham away from home, Red Star Belgrade this double game week and the top player to target I'm going to go for so far this game week. Um, obviously Haaland is always going to be top of this list. Everyone's got him, everyone's more than likely captain in him as well. But I've really been impressed with Alvarez at 4.1 million. Um, he grabbed a goal and an assist in the last game, and he's on two goals, three assists for the season. There was a bit of a worry that he was playing against Bolivia, I think, yesterday, um, which is a high-altitude game, and people were saying that there might be more of a recovery time because of the altitude and stuff like that. But I heard on another podcast earlier today, I was listening to the FPL Wire, they said that Bolivia got a player sent off, and it was pretty easy-going game for Argentina. So... Alvarez probably should be okay um, for that game. 4.1 million. Um, 
I think with two games a week as well, it's not the end of the world. Say he did start on the bench for this West Ham game, you wouldn't be happy about it, but you'd imagine that it, you would play at least sort of a game in 20 minutes at worst. Um, personally, I think he's going to start both of these games and he's got a really good partnership going on with Haaland at the minute. So at the minute, I've got Foden in my team, but I do think it's quite important to have another City asset um, in that midfield that or, or up front to sort of assist Haaland or Haaland to assist them. I just think it's just that everyone's got Haaland. So just to have another City in that midfield or in Alvarez's case up front, I don't think it'll be a harm at all. I'm then going to go on to Kyle Walker at 3.6 million. Um, and it's just pretty much because he's the cheapest route into the City defence. Um, he's keeping a pace with all of the other City defenders really for points. Akanji and Ake are a little bit further ahead, but both of them have scored goals um, so far this season, which is why um, the Ake one probably shouldn't have even counted. Um, so I think he was quite unlucky there, but I do think he's looked fairly attacking. Um, there were times last season when, especially in the Champions League, when they had the tougher games, Walker's sort of that player that stays back and keeps pace with one of those um, sort of quick strikers for his pace. But actually, it seems like he's been getting forward quite a bit um, so far this season. There was times where Grealish was playing sort of on the left-hand side. Walker was playing quite high up on the right-hand side, and they were sort of playing Foden and Alvarez as the sort of dual tens. So I think Walker seems to be getting in fairly attacking positions at times. So I think I'd be looking to get Walker in if I was to go for a City defender at this um, at this point. Just looking who else could actually fill in that sort of right mid, uh, sorry, right back spot instead of Walker. Who could he be at risk from? Um, Stones has been out injured. Um, he could be due back for um, the 16th. So the start of this game week says the uh, Premier League Injuries.com website. Uh, Rico Lewis is an option, um, but he played in midfield when he was subbed on in the last Premier League game. So I think Walker should be pretty safe for at least one of these, but hopefully two fixtures. Um, and then I, I just think any of these City defenders really are at just as much risk as the other. So to go for the one that's 3.6 million seems to make the most sense for me. Um, and then I'm going to go to Phil Foden at 4.4 million. I mentioned earlier, I've got him in my team. Obviously, the first week I brought him in didn't really go to plan. But I do think he's looked really promising. And again, playing for England um, yesterday, I still thought he looked so classy in that game as well. Um, he played in off the left wing in the last Man City game, then switched to the right wing. I think him and Doku switched at one point. But he still really has taken up central areas and he gets into the box quite a lot as well. I imagine he will get quite a few attacking returns in this run of double game weeks. Um, three assists so far this season, but no goals yet. So... Um, the numbers aren't quite there for him in terms of goals, but I just have a feeling that this is going to be a real good run for him. I think Doku at this point, while he did start the last game, is still a wait and see for me. Um, he was, he picked up a few bonus points, I think, in that game, and he was really quite aggressive with taking players on and putting quite a good performance. But I think he's probably going to be more of a rotation risk. Uh, Greedish was injured, so maybe he'll be back in this game week. Um, and then there was an injury also to uh, Kovacic that's been sort of flagged up that I saw on Twitter um, today. So I don't know how serious it is, but if he is out, that could open up or make it more likely that Foden could have one of those midfield positions. They have got this uh, Nunez from Wolves now, so he would probably be the obvious replacement if they do want to play Rodri and um, a more defence-minded player. But I think Foden, overall, his minutes should be pretty safe. Um, and that's all I'm going to... 
say for Man City in this episode. And on to Arsenal. So Arsenal have quite a good double game week this week. So Everton away and then PSV at home. Um, I expect that we should win both of these. Although I think PSV gave us a pretty tough game in the Europa League um, last time we played them. Uh, Tottenham at home then after that in game week six. Brentford away from home in the Carabao Cup. I imagine there'll be a lot of rotation for that one. Bournemouth away and then Lons away in game week seven. So that game week seven double game week does look really good as well as this game week five double. Um, Saka, 6.3 million. He has to be top of the list in my opinion. Fifth highest scoring player on the game. He's 50% owned at the moment as well. So yeah, very high ownership and it could be one that hurts you if he does deliver. He's got two goals, one assist in four games and I think that he will play probably every one of these fixtures apart from Brentford. I think Brentford would be the game to give him a rest, um, but he doesn't really get many rests from Mikel Arteta. So I expect him to be a nailed player. And in Europe, I just think he's essential to have at this point. Uh, does get a little bit harder after game week seven. I think it's a single game week against Manchester City. So I think our fixtures do start to turn a little bit at that point. So maybe you want to invest the cash elsewhere but from game week five to game week seven I think Saka's going to be a brilliant player to hold in your team um, and what I like about him at the minute um, obviously goals and assists but he's picking up points for tackles every game he's got tackle points every single game this season um, and has seven bonus points so far as well so he's picking up points all over the place um, goals assists tackles bonus um, he's sort of very well-rounded when it comes to this new point scoring system on Dream Team. So that's why I think he's such a good player to have. And then he's also got the bonus of penalties. He did give one to Erdegaard, was it in the Crystal Palace game? Um, but then I think he's taken one since. So yeah, Saka, I think he's by far the best option at Arsenal at the minute. But Erdegaard at 4.9 million is also looking very good at the moment. So he's got two goals so far this season. He costs 4.9 million, so... If you can't quite get to Saka, by all means, I think you probably should go for Erdegaard instead. I think he's a good replacement if you haven't quite got the budget there. 25% um, owned, so not as highly owned as Saka. Um, and actually, he's only 10 points behind him so far this season. Um, and I think it probably is the same scenario for Erdegaard as it is with Saka in terms of rotation. Uh, both of them do play a lot of games. Erdegaard tends to go off late in games at times where Saka does seem to usually play the 90 minutes. But again, I think that Erdegaard will probably play every single one of these games bar the Brentford Carabao Cup fixture in my opinion. So no worries again with rotation for him. He hasn't got any bonus points so far this season but Similar to Saka, he's got three lots of tackle points out of four fixtures. Um, there is the possibility of penalties. He did take that Crystal Palace one. Um, he could end up sharing them with Saka, but I do think Saka still is our taker. Um, so really, I wouldn't pair up the two. Um, I think that eats a lot of your budget at this point in the season. I would say Saka is my favourite option out of the two. But by all means, if you wanted to use that Saka money elsewhere... I think you should definitely be going for Erdegaard. As for defenders, I think I've mentioned this in pretty much every episode of the season so far, but defensively, I still think William Saliba at 3.5 million is the best pick. He's outperforming Ben White, who's a more expensive option. Gabriel's back in contention now. Um, it seems like we've gone back to the traditional back four that we had last season of Ben White, 
um, Saliba, Gabriel and Zinchenko. Now that Zinchenko's back fit and the Thomas Party experiment at right back has been um, ended because he's injured as well, as per usual. So I don't think Ben White and Gabriel are really worth the risk at 4.1 million just until we see if there's any changes still to happen. Um, but one person I do think would be okay to maybe consider is Zinchenko at 3.2 million. So he's cheaper than Saliba. I would still say Saliba's a better option, um, but he does seem like he's back fit and ready to start now. Um, he picked up a goal in that game against England, that first game, although he does play a bit higher up the pitch for Ukraine. Um, but I just don't know whether or not he'd be ready to start two games a week yet. That's the only downside with Zinchenko at this point. Um, if he does, it could be that he starts the Everton game and then gets an early sub and then plays the PSV game and could be at risk of an early sub. So I think you're walking a little bit of a tightrope if you go for Zinchenko. Obviously, he's the more attacking option out of the two. Um, probably a bit more of an exciting pick, but I still think that for safety reasons, I would go for Saliba at the back for Arsenal. And again, he probably isn't going to be rotated for any of these games, maybe other than the Brentford one. Um, but we are light. We are light at the back Arsenal. So I think he's going to get a ton of minutes in these double game weeks. A few other Arsenal players that I did want to touch on in this uh, this section is Martinelli at 4.2 million. Um, there's a few things I like and a few things I don't quite like about him with this fixture run coming up. Um, with Gabriel Jesus being back in the mix, I do think that makes Martinelli a better option. He always seems to perform a bit better with Gabriel Jesus there. But... There was a few stories going on that Trossard wasn't happy about his minutes and had a word with Arteta. And Arteta said, when the Champions League and twice a week get started, um, you'll be seeing more minutes. And I think that will be the case. Um, I still think Martin Lee is the first choice left wing player for us. Might even play, uh, start both of these fixtures. But I do think he's probably at risk of an early sub in at least one of these in these double game weeks um, and that will be because of Trossard and then I think Trossard probably plays that Brentford game um, so I think there's probably a bit more risk of Martinelli being rotated with these two fixtures a week just because we have two really good options on that left hand side uh, I mentioned Gabriel Jesus um, I still think that Eddie Nketiah is going to start this Everton game. I listen to a lot of Arsenal podcasts and it does seem a bit mixed. It's probably 50-50 at the minute. I think Nketiah probably gets rewarded again with this Everton game because he did really play well in that last fixture. And then Gabriel Jesus probably comes off the bench in the Everton one and then starts the PSV game. I do think that Gabriel Jesus should be starting every game. But just with his injury problems that he's had so far... Um, I think that we just want to focus on having him fully ready for that Man City game in game week eight. And he's definitely going to start the North London derby, in my opinion. So I just think in this first double game week, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jesus get just the one start and Eddie get the other. On to Liverpool next. And I'm going to start off with Mohamed Salah at 6.5 million. Uh, the Saudi transfer window has now closed and he will be staying with Liverpool. Um, he's got two goals, two assists for the season. He's got the highest amount, uh, sorry, the fourth highest amount of shots on target so far, uh, which are obviously rewarded with points this year. And he probably could have had more assists in that Villa game if Darwin put his chances away. Uh, I think there was two occasions. Well, I think the Darwin goal, if he'd have put it straight in, 
Salah would have got the assist, but instead he hit the post and then it hit the keeper and went in or hit Matty Cash and went in. Um, so Salah didn't get his assist from that one. And there was another one, I think Darwin hit the crossbar and then Mr. Sitter all set up by Salah. So Salah could have really hauled in that game. Um, still had a good performance anyway. Does he play twice a week though? That's the, the big question. I think that he does, but I can see the argument that he wouldn't. Uh, so Wolves away from home in the first game. And then uh, LAS, I think it's LA... LASK, I think it is. Um, again, not familiar with them, but yeah, I just think that maybe Liverpool will go f not not full strength. They've got other options on the left-hand side and through the middle. Um, they don't really have a natural replacement on that right-hand side. So I think we could see Salah play on the right-hand uh, side for that first game. Get them through, win your first few games, and then once you're once you're settled and qualified, I think that's when we might see some big rotation or him completely left out. But maybe for the first game or the first couple of games, I'm fairly confident that he does start. Like I said, fighting out for the other positions, you've obviously got Jota, Darwin, Gakpo and Diaz. Um, I don't think any of them are naturally right, sort of on the right-hand side. So I think you've got four players there fighting out for the striker position and the left-hand side. Um, I think Sabozlai can play on the right. Uh, I think... Harvey Elliott can play on the right-hand side. It just depends how seriously they're going to take this tournament, I think. Um, West Ham home after that, and then Leicester at home. So two home games in the double game week in game week six. The Carabao Cup, I'm pretty sure Liverpool always rotate heavily for that one. So I don't expect to see Salah start in that double game week. Um, and then they've got Tottenham away from home. And I think that's Union Berlin um, in game week seven. So overall, that run of fixtures does good, look good for Liverpool and probably they are all winnable games for them. Trent Alexander-Arnold at 5.3 million. He's currently flagged for a hamstring injury, but I think Klopp was, um, said it wasn't that serious in an interview. So I think we will see Trent back in the mix and I think he will be a good player to target. I think he probably will get a price increase this week. He did grab an assist in that game and do quite well. Um... And did look back to his best. So I would love to have him in my team. It's just that 5.3 million. We've seen that so far in the with the price changes. You really do have to score quite highly to go up or stay the same. So it's a bit of a dangerous price point. Him and Trippier at the minute. But I would love to have him in my team. I just don't think I can make it work right now. Looking at clean sheet potential though. Um, Wolves does look like a fairly good game. West Ham at home is not a bad game. Um, whether or not he plays the, the Leicester game, I don't think he will. Uh, Tottenham, that'll probably be a hard one to keep a clean sheet away from home. They're looking really good going forward. But the uh, Europa League games, if he does take play, uh, take part in those, they do look like good ones to keep clean sheets in as well. Someone that's a bit slightly um, different or a little bit more out there is Sabozlai at 3.5 million. He's on 26 points so far this season and he's set Liverpool's second highest scoring player uh, with one goal and one assist. He's actually taken over some of the corner duties as well so he's probably got more chance of getting assists and they are quite good in the air, the uh, Liverpool defenders, Canate, uh, Matip, Virgil van Dijk um, and I was looking at some heat maps as well, you can look at them on sofa score but out of the midfield three um, so Bosley has been the one that's been playing furthest forward so I think that he could actually be a really good price at 3.5 million especially if he does um, 
play in majority of these games. If he does end up playing in some of the uh, Europa League games, I think he could be a really good player to have. And then just a little stat from him from last season. So last season for RB Leipzig, he got seven goals and 10 assists. And with his performances so far this season, um, you can really tell why. Um, he puts in a really good cross, uh, scored that really good goal from outside the box. So I think at 3.5 million, he could be a really exciting player to own. It's just whether maybe we just wait and see what happens in game week five, see how strong they go in the Europa League. And then I think we can have a better a better decision on what Liverpool players we might want. Because their run does look really good if you are guaranteed to get two games a week. Then last but not least, I'm going to say Alisson at 4.2 million. Um, I'm still not a fan of spending that sort of money on a goalkeeper this early on. Um, but if I was going to, I think he would be the man. Um, I wasn't sure whether or not he would start. I think Kelleher is the number two goalkeeper. Um, but most of the sort of Liverpool fans that I've spoken to do seem to think that Alisson is going to start. So 4.2 million. If he is playing twice a week, probably you will get your money's worth. Um, he does seem to make quite a lot of saves as well in comparison to Edison. Uh, obviously, Edison's a quite high-value keeper, but he doesn't really make saves, whereas Liverpool do give up a lot of chances, and he does make the saves. So, Alisson, he's fifth-highest for saves um, in the Premier League so far, but if he is playing twice a week, these points are going to add up for him. Um, I know I did say last but not least. Um, I've put a last little note at the bottom here for Darwin Nunes at 3.8 million. A very, very exciting pick, but could end up being a really, really frustrating pick as well. He's had good performances in his last two. 3.8 million is a really good price. Um, I think he probably starts one out of two and then comes on in the other one. So if you want to take the risk, it could pay off, but it's personally not one that I'm going to be going for. If you're enjoying this episode so far, please do leave a like and subscribe to the channel. And I'm also partnered with the Dream Team Tonic podcast. We did an episode Monday live with our Patreons. And then that will be going live, I think, tomorrow to everyone on YouTube. Um, that Patreon link is going to be in the description below. There's a ton of great features to uh, or benefits to being a Patreon member. But a cool one that's just about to start um, this game week, game week five, is all of our Patreon members are going to be entered into a Dream Team League where we have a Premier League and a Championship. There might even be a League One, depending on how many members we get. Uh, there's going to be prizes to the winners of each of the leagues, so everyone's got a chance of winning something. Um, and it'll be just a bit of fun with the community to uh, get the bragging rights of getting promotion, relegation, that sort of thing. And it's just really good banter. So that's another new feature uh, of being a Patreon member. So yeah, link in the description below for the Dream Team Tonic Patreon community. Man United. So, Man United have got a really, really horrible double game week this week with Brighton at home and Bayern Munich away. Uh, Bayern was a bad fixture anyway, but now with Harry Kane as well, it just looks awful. Um, and no doubt that Arsenal will end up, if they do qualify from their group, which I hope they do, you can just see it, can't you? Round of 16, Arsenal, Bayern with Harry Kane. Uh, it's not going to be good. But anyway, game week five. So tough double game week for them. And then game week six, it gets a bit better. So Burnley away from home, Crystal Palace at home in the Carabao Cup. And Ten Hag does seem to go fairly strong in these uh, cup competitions. Then game week seven, they play Crystal Palace at home again. So back to back with Crystal Palace. And then 
Galatasaray at home in the Champions League. So from game week six onwards, the fixtures do get a lot better for Man United. It's just this game week five one. If you've got Rashford, if you've got Bruno, I probably just would hold them anyway um, because you're going to want them again in game week six um, unless you're really unhappy with them. But I think Rashford's looked more promising in the last few um, games. 5.9 million, much looks much better off the left. Uh, got the goal against Arsenal, well taken, and the two assists against Nottingham Forest. Um, and yeah, I mean, I know it's going to be a tough couple of games against Brighton and Bayern, but they are a good counter-attack inside, and we saw what Rashford did against Arsenal. There's no reason why he couldn't get a goal um, in the same manner against Brighton and Bayern. And then for Burnley, Crystal Palace and Galatasaray, um, I would still fancy him. It's just whether or not you can make another premium work in your lineup. I personally prefer um, Bruno Fernandes at 6.3 million. I've got him in my team. He's still a hold for me. He only got the three points against Arsenal. But he's got a 6.8 average so far this season, which is still fine. One goal, one assist. And he's just a 90-minute player, and he plays twice a week. Um, I don't want to mess with that. Um, he's got the sixth most tackles in the game at the minute. And I just never really realised how much graft Bruno Fernandes puts in. Uh, it wasn't until he started scoring points for these tackles that I started taking note, really. And yeah, he's looked really, really good for that. Um, so... Either of the two are okay. Again, a bit like Erdegaard and Saka. I'm not really keen on the double up with both of them. Bruno does have the penalties in this situation. Another one that I want to keep an eye on, though, is um, Haaland at 4 million. Um, I won't be going there yet, but he did look promising against Arsenal. Um, and I imagine he's going to be starting probably from this Brian game, I think. Just because they've got a few players out at the minute. Sancho, Anthony... Um, they've got Garnacho, but it's probably now looking like it could be. I've even heard talks of Pellistri could be on the uh, in the equation on the right hand side. I'm not sure if Man United fans let us know in the comment below how you think you're going to line up with that front three. But I wouldn't want to move Rashford off the left. I think Haaland looks good up front, so it's just that right hand side position, depending what they do with that one. But I'm not going to go there yet for Haaland. But at four million, if he does seem to play every single game. Um, I think that could end up being a good one to go for. The only thing is, at 4 million, you could get to Alvarez at 4.1. So, yeah, it's a tough decision, but he's definitely going to be one to watch. Um, but like I said, I'm probably not going to bring any Man United players in. Well, I'm actually not going to bring any Man United players in for game week five. But if you've got them, I think you stick with them. And then you target game week six if you're looking to bring any in. Obviously, I've not mentioned any defenders for this slide, and that just is because of Brighton and Bayern Munich. I don't want to be holding any for this one. I can see both teams scoring multiple goals, so no defenders for me for game week five. But by all means, I think they look good options in game week six and game week seven. Just not Maguire and not Johnny Evans. On to Newcastle. Um, and I've actually brought up a lot more fixtures for this run, just because it's... It's a really interesting run of fixtures they've got here. So Brentford, AC Milan, Sheffield United, Man City in the Cup, Burnley, PSG, West Ham Palace, uh, Borussia Dortmund, Wolves, Arsenal, Borussia Dortmund again, and Bournemouth. There's a lot of green fixtures here, especially in the Premier League. Um, a lot of good home games as well. It's just, it's just these Champions League games, or all the cup competitions to be fair, because they've got Man City in the Carabao Cup. Um, they're the ones that are causing us problems because they're the reasons why they're going to have to rotate. Um, and obviously they're not used to playing two games a week. So it's going to 
take a bit of getting used to to see what they do um, in this fixture run. One thing I was looking at is, are Newcastle worse defensively or is it just the bad fixtures? Um, and I heard that they were actually um, the second best defensive team in the league at the minute in terms of big chances conceded. So maybe it might not be as bad as we think um, if you are looking to go for some of these Newcastle players. Trippier is really high up on my list. Um, I really wanted him from game week five. I think I've figured out a way that I am going to get him in my team, um, moving towards a, a park the bus scenario a bit further down the line. But I'm going to just wait and see how he gets on in this game week five fixture. I'm hoping he plays both, and I think he probably will play both. Um, maybe ahead of these Champions League games, they just take him off a little bit early. Um, but although he is getting on a little bit, he does seem like he's a player that's reliable when it comes to injuries. So 5.5 Trippier, um, he's probably on the way down in price as well, so it wouldn't hurt you to wait. Um, I looked into his stats, and defensively and attacking-wise, he's performing fairly similar to last season um, on who scored. They do quite a good breakdown of all of the attacking and defensive stat. And it looks fairly similar, to be honest. So he just isn't quite getting these assists. Um, he has hit bonus points in every game this season. He's got eight total so far. He's got three bonus points against Liverpool, three against Manchester City. Um, so he could still be getting these bonus points in the tougher games in the Champions League as well, if he plays them. Um, he's hit tackles in his last two. So it just is a case of if he can keep clean sheets to go with these bonus points um, and maybe some attacking returns, I still think he really is going to deliver. I do feel quite confident that he is going to deliver the points in this run. Um, I just think I just want to wait and see what they do with rotation. That's the question mark for me because they have got Livermento now. Um, I think they've got a few options on the other side. Is it Hall? Um, I mean, they've got Target as well. So they have, they have got options. So yeah, it is just waiting to see what they do. I think they probably are going to try and start him as much as possible. Maybe that Manchester City game in the Carabao Cup, maybe they can throw that. Because um, I, I think you're going to want to do as well as you can in the league and as well as you can in the Champions League. I don't think this Carabao Cup game is that important in the grand scheme of things, especially against Man City. If you did want a piece of the Newcastle action, but didn't want to pay out for Kieran Trippier. There is Fabian Cher at 4 million. Um, Botman's currently injured, so Cher looks like the better option. I've been trying to find out more information on when Botman's going to be back, but I haven't been able to find anything. Uh, it was thought that he'd probably be back after the international break, but I haven't seen any confirmation of that yet. Fabian Cher at 4 million. Um, I considered whether or not he could cover Trippier, um, but I think for 4 million, you can probably go for like a city defender. Uh, another Arsenal defender and the fixtures are much much better I think that Trippier he's just got more appeal for things like bonus goals assists the set pieces so for me four million for Fabian share I probably wouldn't be interested in that unless they did go on a run like last season of keeping back-to-back -back clean sheets but I can't quite see it with these fixtures in terms of midfielders I'm not really interested in any of them at the minute they've got quite a good squad now Newcastle um, and they can rotate players without there being much drop-off. Anthony Gordon um, and Harvey Barnes, for example, on that left-hand side. There isn't much drop-off between the two. Um, yeah, I think I'd probably leave the midfielders for the moment. Um, early subs and rotation is a problem. Isak, he's got 15 points in the opener. But then he's had two points, three points and two points. 
And he's been subbed between the 65th and the 75th every game so far this season um, for Wilson in most of, most of these occasions. So, personally, I don't think I'd be going for Isak at this point. Um, Sheffield United and Burnley look like quite appealing games, but when they're followed up by Man City and PSG, um, I think I would just go for Alvarez. I think he's going to probably get more minutes. So, Isak, great player, but not someone that I'm going to be targeting. Right, then on to Brighton, who have extended their fixtures up until game week 10. Their game week 5 fixtures look quite tough, with Manchester United away from home and then Athens at home in the Europa League. Um, but in terms of defenders, I only would be looking to target Estepinian at 3.8 million, and that's because their lack of clean sheets has been worrying. So they've had four fixtures so far and not kept a single clean sheet in any of them. Um, Estepinian at 3.8 though, he's got one goal and one assist so far this season, and he has been playing so far up the pitch, and he's not that much of a rotation risk in comparison to some of the others. It's him and Dunk who seem to be the two that are pretty nailed on in that defence, but without the clean sheets, Dunk really isn't that appealing. Um, he isn't really getting the attack in return. So Estupinian, if you haven't got him, um, I would still look to bring him in for a, a non-European player. But I can't see them keeping that many clean sheets still in this run. So Man United away. Um, AK Athens at home looks okay and Bournemouth looks okay. But then Chelsea, Villa, Marseille, Liverpool, Man City and Ajax. All really tough fixtures there in that run. And then it starts to get a bit better in game week 10 with Fulham. So... Apart from Stupinian, I probably wouldn't be looking to bring any other um, Brighton defenders in. And when it comes to midfielders, I think most of us probably have got one already. And I probably be, wouldn't be looking to go any more than that. So this is their um, top scoring players that I've got on the screen here. So Evan Ferguson's top after scoring his hat-trick. He's currently injured. We're not sure how serious that's going to be. Um, I expect he probably will be back after the international break. But with De Zerbi, he does rotate quite a bit. So I probably wouldn't be going for Ferguson at this point. In terms of midfielders, um, I think you can't go wrong going with one of either March, Gross or Matoma. Personally, I've got Matoma. I think he's the most exciting pick. If I could swap now, I probably would go to Solly March. But I just don't think there's going to be that much in it. Um, but they have got quite a few options in that midfield now. They've bought in Ansu Fati. They've got um, uh, Simon or Simon Adingra. Um, he had quite a good scoring record in pre-season. So there are a few other options here. It's just whether or not they will rotate that much in Europe. Um, I think whichever one you go for, March, Gross, Matoma, um, I think you're good for the big bulk of games, but I think there's going to be at least one or two games where you do get stung a little bit by rotation. So I think I'd be happy just to stick with the one attacking asset or midfielder from Brighton. Eyes on Ferguson uh, at 3 million. If he does end up playing two games a week, he will be a very, very good pick. Um, but you just can't trust De Zerbi at the minute. Then on to West Ham. Um, and they're obviously in the Europa League this season after winning the Europa League Conference. So they're going to be playing twice a week. Uh, Man City in the first game, and then I'm just going to call them BAC, I don't know anything about them, in the second fixture. I think there probably will be a fair bit of rotation for West Ham. Um, and then they face Liverpool away from home in the Premier League and Lincolnshire in the Carabao Cup. So a bit of a mixed bag, a bit like Newcastle, they've got one good fixture and one bad one. Um, but they do have a really big squad now, West Ham, with some really, really good players. So I do expect there will be rotation there. Um, Freiburg, Baka Topola and Olympiakos is their group. So 
I think this is going to be a bit of a tougher group than what they had in the Europa League Conference. I've highlighted Bowen, um, but he does come at quite an expensive price for a midfielder in the game. He's currently in at 4.8 million, which is right up there with some of the Manchester City midfielders, some of the Arsenal midfielders, and a lot of them you feel like you could probably get two games out a week from them. Um, but with Bowen, I'm just not sure what they'll do. Um, I think you'll want Bowen for Man City and Liverpool, obviously. Maybe they play him in that Europa League game at the start, hoping that they qualify um, quite quickly. I've got a graphic up on the screen here from transfermarkt.co.uk, or .com I think it is. Um, and it's the Europa Conference League group stages from last season for Bowen. And he didn't start the first game or the second game in the group stages. He played 45 minutes in the first game, 27 minutes in the second game. And then in the other two, he did get starts, but he played 86 minutes and 64 minutes. The 64 minutes was against Anderlecht. Um, so a bit of a mixed bag for Bowen. He didn't play all of the games. And there was two games as well where he wasn't in the squad. And I think that was the last two games. Um, I can't remember if he was injured or whether he just didn't play the last two because they were pretty much already through. I think they won every single game in the group stage. So... It's a hard one to know whether or not he will start. Um, obviously, the Europa League conference groups are a lot easier than what this Europe... Sorry, the Europa League conference group is a lot easier than what this Europa League group will be. So I think probably they do play Bowen in the first few games, get some points on the board, and then maybe they can rest him a little bit later. But for 4.8 million, I think that's a lot of uncertainty for that price. Um, you've got Paqueta as an option at 3.3 million. Um, but he's very close to Diaby's price at 3.5. And I'd much rather go for Diaby from Aston Villa. Um, and there's a lot of West Ham defenders between 2 million and 2.5 that you probably would consider with Europe. But with that Man City fixture and Liverpool fixture in game week 5 and game week 6, I think I'd just avoid them for the first two game weeks and then see how it's going towards the end of this run. Because it does get a little bit better with Sheffield United that Europa League game, Newcastle, Villa, Olympiacos and Everton. So once the Man City and the Liverpool game are out of the way, we'll have a better idea of what sort of lineup they play in Europa League. And then I think we'll be able to choose some players a bit easier from West Ham. Aston Villa, on the other hand, I'm much more confident about them in the Europa League conference. Now, I think they're going to be a big, big contender and probably should win this conference, especially with Unai Emery in charge. And there's a few players that I'm liking to look at, actually, from Aston Villa. So their game week five double is Crystal Palace and Legia Warsaw. They then place Chelsea away and Everton at home. They have Brighton at home and Zurich. Then they have Wolves, West Ham, AZ Alkmaar and Luton. So I think that whole run of fixtures from game week five to game week ten look quite promising for them and Diaby's the first one I'm going to highlight at 3.5 million um, he's actually had the most shots on target for them with five and he's joined with Matty Cash actually from right back um, for most shots which is five most big chances created is Diaby as well so he's had three big chances created so far from four games so I think personally with Diaby I think he's probably the best option from Aston Villa in that midfield and I'm going to be putting him in my team at some point uh, Ollie Watkins at 4.4 million. He's probably been a little bit underwhelming so far. Um, got three assists, but no goals. But I do expect they will come in this run of fixtures. He has looked good. He banged a load in that Europa League conference qualifier, which didn't count for points. Um, at 4.4 million, maybe a little bit more than I'd like to spend, but I do think he is going to be doing really well. Now it's double game weeks. Matty Cash, I think he's the best option in defence, in my opinion, for Aston Villa at 2.8 million. 
I was really liking Digne. You might have seen that in the last episode. He's been hitting bonus and getting attacking returns. Um, but with Moreno coming back from injury, um, I think that he might be a bit of a rotation risk. Maybe plays just the one game a week. Whereas Matty Cash, I think there could be more chance that he plays um, two games a week. And like I said, most shots on target for Aston Villa from right back or right wing back is pretty impressive. And he's got the second most tackles for them as well with seven tackles. So he is getting points for other things, not just the clean sheet points. Um Consa, 2.5 million. I accidentally said that it was Consa that got injured um, in that last game against Liverpool. It wasn't. It was Diego Carlos. Um, Consa's fine, but with Carlos out, Consa had to go from um, sort of right back to centre back, and um, Matty Cash went from playing sort of almost right wing to dropping back to right back. So with that Carlos injury, Consa and Cash look like better options, but out of the two, I think I'd still go for Matty Cash, in my opinion. Um, Last but not least, I'm going to say Martinez at 3.4 million. Um, now, Allison, I said that he'd probably be my top keeper to target from these Champions League, Europa League games, um, but he is pricey. Martinez is somewhere in the middle at 3.4 million, and I think he's probably going to be the cheapest um, sort of two game a week keeper. So at 3.4 million, I think he could be a really good one to target for these fixtures. There's a few there that you look at and think you could keep clean sheets. Crystal Palace at home could be okay. Everton at home looks all right. Wolves away, West Ham at home, Luton at home. I think they will pick up quite a few clean sheets in this one. That is all the European sides. I'm just going to give my thoughts on a couple of the non-European playing players. Raheem Sterling at 3.8. I think he's still an okay hold for this Bournemouth game if you've got him already. I don't think I'd be bringing him in specifically. I think I'd be looking to target the European players now. But if you have got like Spurs players or Chelsea players, there is an argument to hold them just for one more week. And then you can have a have a look and see um, who's starting in these European games. Spurs' fixtures get a bit tougher. They face Arsenal and Liverpool as well. So with Sterling, I think I'd probably still hold him if I have him, but I wouldn't be looking to bring him in. Son at 4.5 million um, off the back of a hat-trick and straight into a Sheffield United game as well, which looks really, really good on paper. Will he still play at centre-forward? I'm not so sure. Um, I don't think he'll have as much joy against Sheffield United because they play a, a lower block and not so much of a high line as Burnley would. Um, but he still is going to look like a good option against Sheffield United. Liverpool and Arsenal, though, not too good fixtures for them. But... They are attacking sides, so they will leave space in behind for Son like Burnley did. But you'd like to think that Liverpool and Arsenal got better defences than Burnley. Um, so Son at 4.5 million, I probably wouldn't be bringing him in specifically for this game. But if you had him, you could probably keep hold of him. I just think that money could be, be um, spent a little bit better elsewhere if you had it. The other thing I was going to mention about having um, Son or Madison for that fact, um, they've got five fixtures up to game week nine versus a potential nine fixtures for teams that play in Europe. Now, that nine fixtures is if you, they play or start twice a week. So it will rule out quite a few players. But if it is a case of like Son versus a, a Bruno Fernandes or an Erdegaard, you just have to weigh up whether you think that Son or Madison are going to get more points from the less fixtures than these guys would if they're playing twice a week. So it's not entirely impossible um obviously son got a hat trick in the last one madison's been hitting 15 points in some games so if they can keep up these high scoring points um they would probably beat these players across nine fixtures but it's just whether or not you think they can keep it consistent 
um, especially when they're playing Arsenal and Liverpool. James Madison at 4.1. Again, same issues with the fixtures as Son and Sterling. Um, he is averaging 11 points per game, though, in these Premier League fixtures. Um, and I think if I did have Madison, I probably would keep him um, and then take him out for a European player once we get to see the lineups um, or how people rotate. And if you look at Liverpool, it's Sheffield. Uh, if you look at Tottenham, it's Sheffield United, Arsenal, Liverpool. Um, so the Arsenal-Liverpool games do stand out as being tough. But then after that, it's Luton and Fulham. So if you did take out Madison for the Arsenal-Liverpool game, Luton and Fulham look like really good games on paper to have Madison. So I think Madison is probably the player that if I had to choose one non-European player to keep in my side, I think it would be him at the moment. And Buemo, I'm going to mention him. He's in my team currently. Um, I think he's going to be a reluctant sell for me just to get a European player in. He's about 3.7 million, I think, now. Um, but the, um, the Brentford fixtures aren't that bad. So Newcastle away, Everton at home, Arsenal at home in the, Euro, uh, in the EFL Cup, Nottingham Forest away, Man United away, and then Burnley. So there's some still good ones there, and he does play 90 minutes most games. I just think with that 3.7 million, I could do with that to get some European players in. Eze at 3.4, um, he's been doing really well on the bonus point scoring system. We saw that in the last episode. There's a good argument to keep him for game week six, um, or sorry, for game week five, and then hold him for game week six, because he has a double game week, and Crystal Palace play Fulham at home and Man United away for that double. So there is an argument with Eze's bonus points that you could keep him for Villa, Fulham, and then Man United, and then maybe sell him after that, where he faces Man United away from home, Nottingham Forest and Newcastle but he has been a really really good player and then the last player that I'm going to mention on this one and you're probably going to laugh um, is Kaminsky in goal for Luton at 1.1 million you just got to hear me out a little bit he's not going to do very well but at 1.1 million I'm thinking I might use him as a park the bus enabler obviously you don't get the uh, points or double points, sorry, for having your goalkeeper in the park the bus chip. But I've got a little bit of an idea in my head of how I want to get the likes of Trippier, Trent, and some of these big hitting defenders in. And I don't really want to lose some of these high scoring potential midfielders or attackers for the double game weeks. And I think I've got a way that I can do it by using Kaminsky. Um, but obviously it will be short term. I'm not looking up for, looking to keep Kaminsky long term. But if I was to get him in at some point, or if you're looking to maybe play your park the bus chip in these European fixtures, you can get a double game week out of him. Um, Luton play Fulham in game week five. Wolves in game week six, they've got a double. So they've got Wolves at home and then they've got Exeter away. But I had a look and they did rotate their keeper for the Carabao Cup tie. So you're not going to get two games out of them there. But then in game week seven, they play Everton away from home and Burnley at home. So while he's not going to score you many points, they're not a good team. If it is going to enable you to get one of the big hitters in your back line or five at the back for a part of the bus, there could be something there. It might seem a bit mad now, um, but I'm going to explain it to you my plans for that park the bus chip in a separate episode. But Kaminsky 1.1, maybe just keep an eye on him. Right, on to my game week five plans. Um, I'm not going to go through all my point scorers because I did that in the last episode with the match day recap. Um, currently in goal, I've got Sanchez, 
I've got Estepinion, Saliba and Chilwell at the back. Bruno, Saka, Mbuemo, Matoma and Foden in midfield. Haaland and Vissa up top. So my non-European players at the minute are Vissa, Mbuemo, Chilwell and Sanchez in goal. And I'm going to be using my transfers this week to move towards some more European players. Um, I'm going to reluctantly take Chilwell out the side. I do still think that he's going to do okay in this Bournemouth game. But he has had a dodgy couple of weeks, picking up yellow cards. Um, he's missed a couple of sitters. It hasn't quite happened for him. But I could quite easily see myself taking him out and him doing well. But I want to take Chilwell out for Matty Cash, who's going to have the double game week. And like I said, Villa have got some really good um, games coming up. Crystal Palace at home, Legia Warsaw away. I think he probably will play both of those. Chelsea away, Everton at home in game week six. And then Brighton at home, Zurich at home in game week seven. So I'm confident of putting Matty Cash in for Chilwell. I think he will outscore him across those three game weeks. Then the other move was a little bit tough. Um, ideally, I would have taken um, Visser out of my team who's up front. But I just didn't really have the budget to do what I wanted to do. I really want to bring Mohamed Salah into my side. I watched him in that last game against Villa and I think he looked really, really good. Um, I did start the season with him. I took him out, but I was sort of looking at either bringing in Salah or Trippier and I'm more confident that, Tripp, uh, that Salah is going to outscore Trippier and also... You just fear not having Salah in your team, whereas I don't think that many people are going to be going for Trippier at this point of the season. So I think it's going to be more damaging to me to not have Salah than to not have Trippier. And then I can work towards maybe getting Trippier when I look to play the park the bus trip, uh, chip or booster. Um, so the only way I could get Salah in for one of these non-European players is by taking Mbuemo out, which... It's sad because he's done quite well for us. He's on penalties, so it could also hurt in the uh, short term. But I think long term, Cash and Salah for Mbuemo and Chilwell should pay off for me in terms of fixtures um, and points as well. So Salah in, Matty Cash in, Chilwell out and Mbuemo out. And in a bit longer term, I'm going to be looking to get Visser out my side and I might have a change up my sleeve for Sanchez. Um, but I'll save that one for another episode. And I forgot to mention that those two moves will leave me 0.3 million in the bank. So not looking to use any boosters this early on. Um, I think this might be a bit of a trap weekend in terms of boosters because I, I just think with these European fixtures, we want to see what people do in the first sort of round of European fixtures. Because if you bought Salah in as your 12th man, for example, um, although I'm bringing him in, he might end up getting dropped or, or rotated out for that uh, Europa League tie. The same with some of these like Man City defenders, if you wanted to park the bus with them. Um, I think Arsenal are pretty safe, but West Ham, I'm not completely certain what sort of lineup they're going to put out. So I think just give yourself the first round of European fixtures to have a little look and then maybe plan to use them a little bit later on. So that's my thoughts on using the boosters so far um, we did have a bit of a deep dive into boosters on that latest dream team tonic episode so do check that one out i think that one will be out even later tonight 
or tomorrow. So don't forget to check out the Dream Team Tonic podcast. Um, And that is everything for this episode. So thank you very much for watching. If you've enjoyed the video so far, please do leave a like and subscribe to the channel to get kept up to date with all the latest Sun Dream Team content. And check out the Dream Team Tonic podcast in the link in the description below. Thanks for watching. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.